With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Broadcasting live from Los Angeles, it's the number one high school football recruiting podcast on the planet. The Transparent Truth, hosted by the coach and Greg Biggins. The Transparent Truth. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. This is Coach Keith. Hanging out with my boy Greg Biggins. What up, GB? What up, Keith? How you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty awesome. Hey, listen, man. We got a something special. We Rallo. Sure we sure do. Rallo. The man needs the man needs no real introduction. This is true. You this can just true. say you can just say Rallo, and everyone knows. You can say Bruce. That's right. Everyone knows who he is. That's right. It's like a Brazilian soccer player, baby. Hey, listen, an icon, an icon in the high school football sports industry. Modern day head coach Bruce Rollinson. Got a nice interview with him. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to share it here a little bit later on the podcast. Up first, we're talking a little bit Battle at the Beach. Edison High School 7 on 7 tournament. Had a great time out there hanging with my guy GB. Saw some big time players, Greg. What you got for yeah, us? How about, how about Modern Day winning this whole thing without JT Daniels, Amon Ross, St. Brown? Maybe two of the top players in the country. Regardless of class, C.J. Parks, Nico Remigio, Michael Martinez, 2019 tight end, all stepping up their game. Uh, Elias Ricks, 2020 yep. DB, the key interception there. Love his game. Love oh, yeah. his upside. Big time. Uh, the usual suspects, I think. You'll get the sleepers in a little bit, but the usual suspects for me, I love Kobe Bowman. I love his game. I love his upside. I thought Jeremy Musa was a real intriguing quarterback for me. I like the way he delivers the football, just yeah. smooth. I mean, he's got flawless mechanics. Whoever coached him up, yeah. uh, or if he even got coached up, I mean, sometimes mechanically, it's, you are what you are, and he's just gifted with that release and the follow-through. Very clean. clean. Brian Addison making plays. Uh, we saw Chris Steele. We saw Max Williams. We saw Griffin O'Connor from Edison leading the Chargers in their home tournament to the semifinals. We saw Cathedral making a nice run with Bryce Young, oh, yeah. Halid Jabril. Uh, we saw Malik and Munir McLean from Jay Sarah making plays. Uh, great event, man. I mean, just a great event. 20 teams. Uh, all, every team was. Top tier team. Every team had dudes. Yeah. Probably the best tournament I've been at all, all spring and summer. And shout out to those those folks at Edison. They they ran a great tournament, right? They Beautiful had, Huntington Beach, my uh, city. Yeah, Huntington Beach. The Huntington Beach was kind of where you stay, and uh, it was a festive atmosphere. Very lots much lots so. of food, lots of fans, lots of fun, lots of football. You know, the four Fs that I like to enjoy. Got some sleepers. Guys who are floating under the radar a little bit. Sitting up underneath the chicken coop. Shined yesterday. Shined. Let's start off with David Ure. Sarah High School athlete. Little ball of fire. Explosive. Mean. Aggressive. Playmaker. Out the backfield in the slot. Also a DB breaking on balls, getting his hands on things. David Yere, big-time player. Also a valedictorian. Valedictorian. A 4.0 student, beautiful kid, sure. human being. Sure, Love his story, yeah. love this kid. I'm, I'm one of my favorite players this year. You talk to him, 
we mentioned talking to Real Mitchell, talking to David. It's like talking to a guy who can be president one wow. day. As well. I mean, awesome kid. It's a guy we got to get on the show. Absolutely, Greg. absolutely. So shout out David Yere, one of my big time sleepers from the tournament, also from Sarah High School. How about this? 2020 quarterback Doug Broomfield, about six foot three, six four, about 110 pounds. <laughs> well, he was slight of build, but let me tell you something. He had a pure stroke. Pause. But he was pure. He slung it sideline to sideline, vertically, put touch on it, drilled it. He was accurate. Levels one, two, and three. I liked it. Doug Broomfield, Sarah High School 2020 quarterback. P3, St. John Bosco's 2019 quarterback, Paul Edwards III. Thought he locked up pretty well on the outside. Had a big pick to stop a Sarah High School drive early in the tournament. He had a big fan, too. P3's been injured a lot. So it was good to actually finally see him out there and watch him do 7-on-7. Seven seven. He just oozes upside. He does. He oozes it. And uh, and speaking of oozing, man, P2. P2! Was, was getting it done as well. Not PS2. P2, can we, he can... <laughs> he can get after it. Man, I, lo- I hope he's watch- listening and, and laughing. Oh, yeah. Because he can bring the noise from the sidelines. Ain't I was at the, no at the cathedral game. I heard from two fields. That's how I was yeah. walking over to the game. I heard P2 yeah. screaming and hollering. But, hey, dude, he inspired those guys. They came back. They were, they were down early. Oh, really? They were down early. And the cathedral parents were going after it, and yeah. he went after the cathedral parents. P2 bringing the noise. And Bosco rallied. Bosco rallied behind P2. It was all about P2. Wasn't about, you know, wasn't about some of the big plays that Real and DJ threw. Wasn't about Kobe Bowman. It was about P2 and the sidelines screaming, got him going. Bringing the noise, the thunder, P2. More sleepers. Melquan Stoball, the diminutive, but very, very fiery, very, very aggressive playmaker in the slot, coming out the backfield, locking down a corner. Only about five foot seven, five foot eight. But let me tell you, he got into the breastplate, into the chest plate of much bigger, much taller receivers that have high acclaim, that have the offers, and he locked them down. Melquan Stovall, of course, you know it. Kid is good. Yeah, Melquise, I think he was yeah, going to touch out. Melquise is at Cal right now. I think Melquan's got that same kind of upside. Sure, he's got that dog in yeah, him. He's got two years to go. Made, made plays. I really like him. Melquan Stovall over there at Paraclete High School, Lancaster football. Shout out 661. How about this? Alex Johnson, cornerback, receiver, Loyola High School in Los Angeles. Hey, he locked down. Nobody knew who he was. He was just kind of sneaking around out there, knocking balls away, breaking on underneath route, challenging every route. I like him. Got a nice frame, about 5'11", long-armed, aggressive, really athletic, bouncy off the floor. Alex Johnson, DB, Loyola High School. And last but not least, geez, man, I was blown away by this guy. I don't know if you can call him a sleeper because I'm woke. George Halani, the running back out of St. John Bosco. Man, was this kid explosive. Was he put together like an Adonis? Physical, aggressive, fast, but he's slippery. Slippery when wet. He can get in the back door quick, make somebody miss. And get vertical up the field real fast. George Halani, running back, St. John Bosco. Hey, I'd like to see some linebacker, George. I think you can knock the hell out of the guy with the football. Dude, I, I've seen, this guy plays mean. 
He plays angry. He plays with an edge. He, yeah, yeah. He's got he's I got like he's got some he's got some serious toughness to him. And if you watched him just one or two carries against State of South and State title game last year, you saw this guy's got some juice to him. He's got some shake. He's got some speed, power. As a running back, he's going to play some safety. But like you said, linebacker might be his mill ticket. He's going to get bigger. Sure. I mean, you can just look at his frame. I know his dad. Yeah. That's a big dude. Yeah. George's going to get big. He's got all the physical tools. He's no got the tangibles. He's got the toughness. He's got everything. He's again not sure he's a sleeper, Keith. You know, guy's double did offer guy. Yeah. But uh, he's an elite prospect for sure. Yeah, a guy who hasn't started a varsity game no, yet. No. And uh, he's just coming in shining. So those are my sleepers. But again, listeners, I want to remind you, we got ball with Bruce coming up. Epic interview, modern day head coach Bruce Rollinson. You do not want to miss it. But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little controversy. We had a couple of epic interviews. We I did. We did. We did. Was good. We did. It was good. We did. We had a great time. We got a little controversy on the show. And you know me, I like a little bit of controversy in my coffee. Jaden Woodby, a little bit of an issue. Jaden, I kind of called him out on social media, said he lost all of his reps at the opening. And Why would you ones. do that? Why would you do that, you Coach know, You know what? Why would you call Jaden out like Talk that? Talk to a good friend of mine. He says, hey, Jaden Woodby's lost all his reps. And I think he meant to say all the reps that he's seen, but I took it as all his reps. But regardless, I went back, corrected my mistake, my fault. You know what? I take you full do, responsibility. To your credit, you do a great job of that. You when you when you say something more controversial, you have no issue with someone calling you out. And if you need to correct it, you do. You're not proud. Most people are too proud for that. I, I respect you about that. Yeah, that, that doesn't bother me. Um, you know, a real man is, is willing to admit his mistakes and move forward. Um, I definitely consider myself a man's man and a real man. So, you know, got to talk to Jane Woodby a little bit. Got the chance to sit him down, have a little one-on-one. Or a little bit of a two-on-one, me and my boy GB. Got to get into the mind of a four-star safety. And a young man caught in the middle of a controversy with Coach Keith. <laughs> Take a listen. Hanging out here at Edison High School, the Battle of the Beach. My guy, Greg Biggins. We got a special guest, fresh off of a win versus Sarah High School, Bosco's own four-star safety, Ohio State commit, Jaden Woodby. Jaden, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Doing all right, man. So bring you out here. It's a little break between games. Bring you out here. I want to ask you a couple questions, learn a little bit more about Jaden Woodby, get into your personal life a little bit. I'm going to turn the mic over to my guy, Greg Biggins. He's going to get at you. All right. Yeah, Jaden, everyone asks the same lame questions. I know you're tired of asking, why did you choose Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. I want to know more about Jaden, the non-football player. Okay. Uh, still football-related, but at, at what point in your life growing up, I know you're still growing up, when did you kind of first fall in love with football? When did you first know that, you know, I'm kind of good at this thing? Um, probably when I was around, like, nine, nine or ten. You know, my dad had me play Fontana, Pop Warner football, but he had me play with older kids. And, you know, because I was, I was always a big kid, so they would always think I was, like, probably, like, 11 or 12 when I was a 10-year-old, 10-year-old kid. So it's like, you know, when I was playing with those older kids, I realized, like, man, like, I can actually play with these guys. And, you know, that's when my parents started to tell me, you know, like, you can actually be good in this. You know, because I was a track star as well. So, you know, they was like, you know, you could pick between both. But I just chose football over track. Was there like a one defining moment? You kind of, kind of just alluded to it. You know, you can hang with the big guys, but there's one moment where you're like, "Okay, I got this. Is me. I'm gonna do this as long as I can." Was there one of those deals where you're just like, you broke off a long run, you blew up a guy, you, you did something special that was just like nobody else could do that except for Jaden Woodby. Uh, I, I think it was probably around when I was like 
10 or 11, you know, it was right after practice. And, you know, my dad, you know, me and my dad, we were driving home. And then, you know, he told me about how he played at USC. And then he played in the NFL. And it's like, oh, my dad played at the highest level. And it's like, you know, that's my dad. I want to be just like him. So it's like, that just gave me that drive. And I already loved football, you know. And that just made me love it even more because my dad played at the highest level too. Now, not everybody knows this. You started off at Keith's alma mater, Sarah High School, as a freshman. What, what brought you to Sarah uh, going into your high school season? Uh, well, it was crazy because the I went to the Sarah versus St. Francis game, but we were supposed to go to a Bosco football game. But it was, I, I think, uh, one of the coaches from Sarah, he contacted my dad. And told him, you know, we have a we have a game at home if you guys just want to come here instead. So, you know, he asked me, and I said, yeah. And then we went to the game. I met Adori and everything, and you know, it was just smooth selling from there. I just was stuck on Sarah. But it wasn't that smooth. It only lasted one year. Yeah. Well, then you went to Upland for a half a semester, correct? What? Why did you leave Sarah? Um. Well, I told my dad, like, you know, besides, it it wasn't even for football purposes. You know, I just didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable there anymore. You know, I. I felt kind of like an outsider because, you know, I was only I was the only kid from the IE that went there to that school, and you know, it was kind of weighing weighing down on me, you know, as the season went on, as the season went along and everything, and then you know, right after the school year was over, you know, I decided to leave. And then now you're at Bosco. Yes, sir. Kind of talk about what went into that decision. Um, originally, I didn't want to go to Bosco. I wanted to go to either uh, Rancho Cucamonga or Long Beach Poly, but. My parents, you know, they felt like Bosco gave me the best opportunity. And, you know, it was funny because when I got to Bosco, I didn't know the all-boys school. And when I got there... You are like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, I asked the counselor where the girls at. And <laughs> he said, there's no girls. I called my mom, like, right away. And then she was like, oh, no girls? Oh, you're staying here. I was like, all right. You know, I just had to stick with it. So far, so good, though? You love it? You oh, yeah. enjoying it? Yeah, we got a ring, so. There you go. There you go. Keith, you got one for a guy? Yeah, I do. So, Bosco, you know, I just watched them out-athlete a Sarah high school football team. We've known for athletes. Yes, sir. You guys, tremendous amount of talent on the Bosco football team. Yes, but specifically talking in the secondary, um, you guys are loaded. A bunch of four-star players, right? So, yes, Stephen Blaylock. Uh, 2019, Chris Steele, yes, yourself, yes, uh, Lavelle Price, Paul Edwards yes, on the other side. What? Talk to the to the listeners and tell them what is it like to be a part of a group that's such that has such high acclaim and that's so talented. Um, well, to be honest, you know, even at practice, even in the weight room, like everywhere, you know, it's always competitive. You know, if you don't make that play, then the next play somebody else is, and now you're gonna be like, man, I gotta make a play now. Like, you know, it's it's. Like, it helps you, like, key in on the opportunities that present itself for you. So it's like, you know, it's always good having all of those dudes back there with me, you know, and it raises your confidence. It's like, all right, I know I know, I know, know I can trust them on that side or I know I can trust my corner. So it's like, you know, just give you that sense of comfortableness in the back. So, so for everybody out there in cyber world, there was a little bit of an issue last week at the opening. Mm -hmm. uh, I put out a tweet that Jaden had lost all of his reps yeah. uh, from a source. And uh, apparently that tweet was wrong. I went back and corrected it. Uh, some people took issue with that. Yeah. Jaden, I want to make sure that everything is good between me and you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jaden's my guy. Jaden was my guy, still is my guy. Uh, we, we built a really strong relationship. So for all our listeners, everything that, what's on their mind the most, Jaden, 
is you flip from the Under Armour game, which is, of course, the game I'm a part of, yeah. to the Army game. Tell, tell us what went into that decision for you. Um, well, I mean, it was it was a long process to begin with, you know, because when I got the Under Armour invite, you know, I committed the next day. And, you know, I told my parents it was kind of like a thing, like whoever invites me first, I'm going to commit. And about, like, two or three days later, Army, they invited me. And, you know, I told my parents, I was like, man, they just invited me, but I just committed to the to the Under Armour game. And, you know, I was like, I'm not I'm not going to make myself look silly and just flip, like, like right then and there. So yeah. it was, was kind of like, it was a long process. You know, I, I didn't want to flip, but then again, I did. And it was just going back and forth. And then, you know, you know, I, I sat down and talked to my parents about it. And, you know, I was like, all right, this game, I feel like this game will be better for me in the long run. You know, it's going to be the last time I probably get to play with all my, all my, you know, my good friends that I played with since I was little on mm-hmm. the West Coast, mm-hmm. you know. So it's going to be like a last kind of game, all-star game that we can play in. So it really came down to that. Well, that, that that's a great explanation. And, you know, regardless of whatever game you play in, Jaden, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm excited about your future. Um, and, and I want to make sure that you know that whenever Coach Keith puts out a tweet or he writes something or he says something, that's always going to be the truth that's in it. my eyes, right? Yeah. So. Uh, like today, out on the football field against Sarah, I seen you make a big pick off of deflection, exactly. and I also saw you give up a touchdown. Yeah. So both of those things are out in cyber world, yeah. and it's just the honest truth yeah. on how I see things. Yeah. Are we good with that? Yes, sir. That's, that's my guy, Jaden Woodby. Yes, sir. So we don't have a controversial relationship, Jaden, but we do have. I think it's fun. I think it's fun for me and you to discuss. <laughs> it's been like a couple years in the making now. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned on the podcast what you said you listened to, so thanks for your support on that. Wow. But uh, I-, I love that you are – you're very coachable, and you're able to take constructive criticism. And I've told you before, man, I go, I just see your body, and I'm going to get all weird on you, but we look at bodies body in, in a masculine way. Sure. Yes, so you're just a big dude. Yes, like, big thighs, yeah. big shoulders. Big head. <laughs> big hands, right? You're just a big dude. And guys that look like you in high school, when they get to college, they just they just keep going. Yeah. And and I, I think... What I don't want you to do is to pigeonhole yourself as I want to be a corner, yeah. and you're gonna. I don't want you to start cutting meals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to cut weight. Yeah. Trying to do stuff to to try to pigeonhole your body into yeah. something where it might not want to go. Uh, and there's honestly, there's nothing wrong with you know Cam Chancellor. Yeah. He's pretty good at football. That's yeah. right. You know he he plays safety. Yeah. He also plays in the box. Yeah. He also covers people. Uh-huh. He covers tight ends. Yeah. You cover tight ends. Yeah. He covers running backs. He covers some receivers. You do all those things. Yeah, uh, let me ask the question first off before we get you know off track. Why, why is it so important to you? Because I see you've been doing corner like the last year and a half. Just yeah. not corner, corner, corner. Why is it so important for you to kind of want to show that you are a corner? Uh, what do you love so much about that corner position? Um, well, the corner position, you know, I, I love the, the competition. You know, it's just one-on-one. Man on, man on, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have no help. And you're on that island. And I feel like, you know, it, it has to bring that dog out of you. You know, like, you either have it or you don't. Because you're either going to sit there and get beat all day or you're going to be the one that's giving the beating all day. And I feel like that's just helping me with my, with like with my covering abilities. Cause you know, like a couple of years ago, I wasn't that good at covering. And you know, I wanted to get that label off of me. And you know, me playing safe, me playing corner, me playing nickel, it just shows my versatility. And in my eyes, I feel like I'm the most versatile guy in the in the backfield. You know, and I just always have to go out there and prove that. You know, I just play with that kind of chip on my shoulder. Cause you know, I feel like since I'm at such a high such a high you know I'm held to such a high standard you know I always have to make sure that I'm on my A game no matter what because everything about me is going to get you know um, picked apart I respect that yes, sir absolutely respect that um, and I don't want you to think I'm insulting you by yeah. saying safety linebacker because 
I think you're going to be a great player at, at those spots. Yes, so I don't want you to think, oh, you think that guy can play. That's not my intention yeah. at all. And yeah. again, just being truthful. Um, a few more for you, Jan. You guys got to probably warm up pretty soon. But just getting to know you outside of football, what is, what's your pregame meal that you eat? Um, well, pregame meal, you know, Bosco, they always have, a, you know, a little pregame for us. But usually for lunch, I have my dad bring me Panda Express. Nice. That's my go-to. What's your go-to at Panda? Um, either I get a teriyaki bowl, I go all healthy, or I just, like, go all junk where I get the honey walnut shrimp, the orange chicken, and then I get chow mein and fried rice. Okay, what music do you listen to before the games? Um, I listen to Chance the Rapper a lot. Okay. Yeah. Listen to Chance a lot. I listen to a little bit, uh, you know, Chris Brown, you know. But those, those are like the main two guys that I listen to before everyone. And then I listen to a Meek Mill song too. Has anyone ever told you you kind of look like Chris Brown? I get that every day. I get you, that every you day. That too. Yeah, I, I bet you do. You ever yeah. been to the mall and say, oh, Jaden, you kind of look like Chris Brown to me. Oh. Uh, I, get, I get that a little bit though. I'm going to start calling you CB. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, so a couple a couple more things. I mean, you, you got the tattoo on your arm. Yeah. Am I correct? You also got baptized this past year. Oh uh, yeah. Two yeah. two huge events, if you can, because we're yeah. you know we're all about spreading the love and, and God is everything for us. What what made you get baptized? What was what, what ended that decision? Um. Well, you know, like in the beginning of this year, you know, I, I, I went to this one church that was right like down the street from where I, from where I live and. My pastor retired, so it's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a church home to go to, and then, you know, one of my friends that go to Rancho, you know, his dad just so happened to be one of like the, uh, one of the ushers at one of these big churches, and, you know, he, he just took me in, and, you know, he just, he just decided, you know, like, all right, you know, I'm gonna put him under my wing, and you know, we're gonna, we're gonna go to church, we're gonna do all of these things together, and you know, we started this thing called TTGOG to the glory of God, and, you know. It's just been rolling ever since, and you know I got a closer connection with God every single day, and I feel like you know He helps me out with everything from school to football. You know, for me driving to Fontana to Bellflower every day with no accidents. You know, it just all of that. You know, it just just goes into that, and I just felt like you know getting baptized was going to take me to that next step. That's beautiful, Jaden. God told me He must got safety. Yeah. At linebacker. That's what God told me. <laughs> also, the, the tat. The, you had the giant California on your forearm. Yeah. Uh, again, what, what went into that decision? Um, you know, honestly, I've been wanting a tattoo for as long as I've seen him. Like, you know, my dad, I've seen my dad have a tattoo. Like, when I was 10 years old, I've seen my dad tatted from head to toe, and it's like, I want to look just like that, you know? But, you know, my parents weren't letting me have it. So. It was kind of, it was kind of a bad, it was kind of bad how this happened though, because <laughs> I had a seven on seven tournament, but I told my parents I was going to Bosco, and I actually went to go get a tattoo. And lied to your parents. T T G O G. Hopefully this lied to his parents before or after the baptism happened. I was wondering if Chris Brown was your inspiration for the tattoo, because I know he's tatted up and looking crazy. I know my my dad was. Okay. Was yeah. Okay. I want, I wanted something like you know that was that was meaningful to me like. Yeah, I felt like you know this is nice tat, and I got the IU tatted on too. Yeah, yeah. Bring it to bring it that with you to the Ohio State University, right? Oh yes, sir. Gotta gotta ask one Buckeye question. You you thousand percent still pumped up, ready to go, Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, now I am. Yeah. Now you are. Yeah. Did you have some doubts? Well, you I mean, committed, and then between now and then, was there ever some second guessing? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit, but I feel like that's with every every commitment. Sure. But you know, depending on my senses, you know, Ohio State is the place for me. 
And, you know, I don't feel like any anybody's going to budge me from that. You know, it has to be, like, something dramatic for me. New England Patriots have to come into the picture or something. Yeah. Ohio State, Urban Meyer. Yeah. That's kind of tough to beat that combination. No coach. question. Yeah. No question. Sir. You good? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, Jayden, I'm good. I appreciate your time, man. You got another game to get warmed up for, but thanks for coming in with us. You want to give a shout-out to Ground Zero? Shout-out to Armand oh, yeah. Hawkins? Shout-out GZ. Yeah. Shout-out Coach Brown, Coach Hawk, you know, <laughs> GZ. You know, that's what the best 7-on-7 team has down, you know. Hey, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to ruffle some feathers around Southern California. Oh, it's all right. You know, they know the deal. Well, that, that brings us to a close. Thank you, Jaden Woodby. Again, four-star Bosco Safety, Ohio State commit. Jaden Woodby joining us, with, joining us um, at the break time, getting ready for his second 7-on-7 here at the Battle of the Beach, Edison High School. Thank you for joining us. No problem. There you have it. The Jaden Woodby interview. Got a chance to clear the air with him. We got an understanding. Greg thinks he's a linebacker. Jaden thinks he's a corner. Linebacker safety. Come on now. Don't try to throw me into the controversy. <laughs> so it was great talking with Jaden. We appreciate him coming on the show and, and, and showing us the love. And we definitely got a lot of respect for him. And wish him nothing but luck moving Absolutely. forward with this season with St. John Bosco. But now it's time. Turn your radio dials up. Turn your volume up. Turn your kids down. Ball with Bruce. Greg? Tell you what, man. The only thing I, I, I didn't like about this interview with, with Coach Rollinson was it was too short. Yeah. We could have went for an hour. Ah. So many things I wanted to ask him. Yeah. But we got we got modern day Poly, which was the rivalry of the 90s. No question. I, I, made it, I equated it to the Lakers Celtics of the 80s, which kind of made basketball fun. Yeah. This made high school football fun for me. No question. We talked about the, the whole De La Salle modern-day matchups. Yeah. So that was the first school, Southern California Power, that actually would take on Davis Al. We saw, you know, how those went, the respect, mutual respect for both those two teams. Yep. Some of the best players they ever had, some of the best players they ever played against. Bunch of NFL guys. We could have went on and on and on, but yep. it was great. Without further ado, let's hear a little talk. Ball, to take your, your coin phrase. That's right. I'm stealing it from you. There you go. Let's hear an interview with Baldwin. Baldwin with Bruce. This is the Transparent Truth Special Report. Welcome, welcome. We are here with uh, a legendary one, a man that needs no introduction. Um, this is Coach Keith here. I know I need introduction with my guy, Greg Biggins. We're out here at the Edison 7-on-7 Battle of the Beach. We got a legendary figure in high school sports, especially out here in Southern California. Head coach of modern-day football, Mr. Bruce Rousey. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on today. Uh, me and Biggs go way back, you know, and we were reminiscing walking over here and you know, all this legendary stuff, whatever. I just I just enjoy coaching high school football. And, and, you know, I've always appreciated all the support that the media gives us. And, and God, we've grown through student sport to whatever we're at now. It, it's a big business. It's oh, yeah. a big business. And, and that's where the changes are. It's in the media coverage. And it's obviously, it's, it's things like this. The internet is, has changed the whole dynamic of oh, yeah. all levels of football. Sure. Youth football. I'm, I'm not so sure if it's so good for youth football, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. Right. Tell you what, Coach. I mean, for me, you're Mount Rushmore. There was, a, there was four guys. You got you got Bob Lattisor. He's not. He wasn't a bad coach, right? You yeah, he wasn't head. bad at all. You got Bruce Rollins. I don't know who the other two guys are, but you're you're up there, Coach. No I really question. I get, I'm nervous right now talking to you. I've talked to you a thousand times, and I'm nervous for some reason. But dude, let, let's go back. Let's go back in time. My first years doing this student sports was '96, and one of my first games ever covered was Long Beach Poly. We had a guy named Kenyon Rambo. Everyone was talking about Kenyon Rambo. You had a guy named Rod Perry. Yes. And he yes. actually went off that game. But that was my first ever game. 
kind of live as a student sports guy. But looking, I know we're going way back, but '96, you guys end up. I think you guys won it. Won yeah, it that year. Did. What do you remember we about did. that specific game, and then just that championship year? See, I, I, I thought you were younger than me. You don't, you, <laughs> oh, no. Stop see, you don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember when we first hooked up was at the El Camino Passing Tournament. Wow. On yeah. Wednesday night. Absolutely. I never, never taken the team into one of those Saturday things. Uh-huh. That was back in 91 with Blanton and those guys. Now, and I did as a, as a regular student. I actually did go watch you guys play Los Al and Big yes. Vermont. Yes. So, but as a student sports guy, my first well, the 96 yeah. game, but I remember the Los Al, those are the Kevin Federick teams. That exactly. Everyone, you know, thought, exactly. you know, Corey Miner, those Bishop Mont teams, I think they're number one in the nation. Yep. Uh, Daniel McCutcheon, yep. you guys took them out at Anaheim Stadium. I was at both those games, but uh, so we can go back even further if you want. But I just wanted to talk 96. <laughs> no, you know, what? In 1996 uh, was one of those rare groups. Um, you have an opportunity, you know, when I look at the history of modern day football, obviously. 89 was a learning year. And and you and I know, if, if you've been in education, you'll never forget the first year that you do anything, the first year in the classroom, wherever it is. My first year as head coach, I, I cringe at some of the stuff I did, some of the training we did, some of the ideas that I got sucked mm. into, some of the equipment I bought. Sure, sure. But you're, you're, you're wet behind the ears because, remember, I came out of the community college ranks back to my alma mater where I'd always taught. I'm in my 42nd year there. Wow. But all of a sudden, I'm the head coach. And, and I needed 89. We made it to the playoffs because of Danny O'Neill. End of story. And then the 91 championship. So within three years, we're rocking at Anaheim Stadium, and we've got a title, which I don't even know how many years it had been. I think since I had played in 1965 that we had won a championship. So now all of a sudden you start building the momentum. 94, you come off a national championship, which, to be honest, Greg, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I got a call from, from uh, Dave Kreider, member yeah, USA, today. Mm-hmm. and he said, hey, you're the national coach of the year, and your team's a national championship. And I go, the national champions? I go, what are you talking about? What's I didn't that? even know. Yeah. I honestly did not know that they ranked you nationally. Then we had a, uh, a solid group 95, but we had them all back in 96. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's kind of the 90s are poly modern day. I mean, end of story. And here we go in, in 96. And, and the game that you refer to, we we rolled the dice. We had a young DB, Joey Bose. And we decided, okay, we're just going to go straight up. Joey, you handle it. We had a backup plan if he couldn't handle it. And then we were going to pressure the quarterback. We were I gonna, had, you mean, you mean Ram, him and Rambo one-on-one, uh, right, the whole yes, time? Yes, exactly, exactly. What was hanging in the background was, I forgot, or we, I think everybody, media and everybody forgot, there was another big-time D1 player for the Monarchs named Rod Perry, oh, right. who had right. been festering all week about the amount of press that, that Rambo had gotten, and rightfully so. Yeah. So it was, it was one of those classic games that goes back and forth and... and I think Rod had 14 catches that night. You know, we, we didn't mess around. We, we went deep early to try to set the tone. And, you know, Jerry J. So is a good friend of mine, and he really, really coached those kids well. It got pretty physical. It got pretty violent in a clean, good high school battle. And we'd already started to develop a respect for each other's programs. And, and one of the things 
I honestly can say this confidently. I can go into the Long Beach community and they respect me for the battles that we had. There was never any cheap talk or there was competition talk, okay? There were never any incidents amongst the two rivals and you would watch the kids after the game and they would hug each other because they sold out. Yep. They sold out against each other and that's what makes it fun. You know, it's, it's I, awesome. I've seen that. I mean, we used to do seven-on-seven seven tournaments with yeah. you guys, and there was, I mean, others, I'm not going to name other schools in South Orange County that we had incidents <laughs> with, but you guys and Pauly never. I mean, as we're walking over here, Coach, I was, I was saying the 80s, for me, Lakers-Celtics made basketball fun. Yeah. In those mid-90s, you and Pauly, I mean, three years in a row, we just look at all the players, whether we grew to good, you know, and just keep going on and on and on. Matt Leinert was involved in some of those ones. Herman Ho-Ching for those guys. What do you remember most about those mid-90s? You played three years in a row. Yeah. Had a win, yeah. had a loss, had a tie. I can't imagine having a tie this day and age, but those mid-90s games, you talked about the respect mutually, but uh, what else do you remember about that little rivalry in those mid-90s back in that day? Well, it's interesting. That, you know, it, there's so many little stories. Uh, you know, Grudy ends up what, it, most valuable offense, most valuable defensive player in the championship game as a junior. You know, incredible, incredible Best performance. performance I've ever seen yeah. by a high school in 20 years. I've never yeah. seen a high school kid on that stage against that team going both ways. I've yeah. never seen anything like that to this day. Well, his quad was blown up. He had a badly bruised quad. At about the nine-minute mark, you know, it, it looked like the Civil War or something. We taped this thigh. We put an extra thigh pad. We taped it. I said, Grudy, you know, what do you want to do? And he goes, I'm going. I said, all right, I'm going to ride your back till you shut her down. I go, let's don't screw around. And he goes, let's go. And I just fed him the rock the whole last nine yes, minutes. That's what you're supposed to do. And, the and, and no he question. just kept coming. And there are p pictures you guys have used. The, uh, Fox has used the replay multiple years. The kids are actually picking him up off the ground and helping him back to the huddle. Yeah. And then you'd see him take a deep breath and bang, there you go again. And those are great memories, believe me. And, and you know, I, I cherish those memories. I look at the tie, and I remember Jerry and I going, it, it's the weirdest feeling. It'll be in my book if I ever write a book, because you're, you're going, well, what just happened? You know, you can't celebrate. That's right. But you're not, <laughs> you're not too bummed. Okay, we tied it. And I remember some guy, whoever it was, a booster or somebody said, we'll just go out in the parking lot and finish it. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> but it, it, it is what it is. And, and we eliminated that uh, after that after that year. And then, you know, the, the, the wins. But again, it's about the respect that we yeah. had. And I'll tell you, one of, one of my closest friends in, in high school football is Raul Lara. He took right over for Jerry and, and he kept that rivalry alive. He kept that mutual respect alive. And it still exists today. It still exists today. It's different now. It's a whole different gig. And, and you know, but, but then now, now all of a sudden you got the Corona Centennials and, and, you know, you just evolve with where it goes. Yep. You know, Coach, one thing about modern day that, that's always really got to my heart is that the way you coach those guys in big games. Big games were always a staple of kind of modern day football. You knew modern day was going to come out humming and they were going to throw haymakers. And I want to take you back to 1994, really the first time I got kind of introduced to modern day football. I was a young freshman football player at Losinger High School. And modern day was facing some team called Los Alamitos at Anaheim State. Yeah. And yeah. My, my, my dad took me and my brothers 
It, we're sitting in Anaheim Stadium, and I, I remember Los Al was the number one team in the country. That Kevin Federick, this super quarterback, yeah. and these super receivers. And Rod Perry was just a sophomore for you. He went off that game, and you pounded the rock in the second half. You took the national title. I just remember uh, it was a great performance. And uh, to me, that's what stands out to modern-day football, right? In the big games, you guys play your best. Well, I appreciate that. You know, you, when, I, when I reminisce about the 94 game, we were very confident going into the game with the game plan, especially defensively. Eric Johnson, who's been with me forever, we thought we had this thing dialed in. And first play of the game, uh, I, the kid went to Oregon. And I, he had a receiver, number two, yeah, Tony, Tony, Hart Tony Hartley. Yeah, there you there go. You go. Yeah. There you go. And we're coming at Federick yeah. from every direction, right. but he lets it fly. And Hartley, it's a 40-yard rainbow shot, and he catches it right in front of me and goes down. And I go, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> I go, because I don't know how that kid got that ball. And it was pinpoint yeah. perfect. No and now the war was on. Yeah. What we did in that game, we had studied a lot of, because Eric is, a, is an NFL player, played in the league for 12 years studies a lot of NFL stuff, and we had introduced the uh, zone blitz concept, especially for week, which nobody was doing. And that's the only thing they didn't have answers for, which we waited and unloaded, unloaded it on them. So, you know, I'm not patting us on the back because <laughs> they still move the football well. Yeah. You know, we did pride ourselves on slowing the game down and, and going for the jugular and start to get in behind the big men, and I had some great offensive linemen that year. You know, we were talking coming over here. I've got a great offensive line coming back, and people want to compare that 94 line, that 96 line. They were studs. I mean, you know, for the high school at that time, those were very, very big kids. Now, they're just, they're all big. Yeah. I mean, it's... You used to be happy with a 6'4", 280 kid. You know, now it seems like, you know, Tommy Brown is 6'8", 310, and can move. Right. And everybody's got a bunch of, you know, Orange County, the water's good, the, the beef's good. And, but it, everybody said, well, what happened? They go, it's a density population. There's just more up. Orange County's grown. And the whole Southern California's grown, and there's more big kids available. Coach, you know, you know what I'm kind of fascinated with is, is Keith mentioned big games. I think at modern day football, I always think of physical football. Even against Long Beach Poly, yeah. a lot of those games you got, you guys out-toughed Poly. I mean, you guys just did. You guys ran the football. And just to kind of see the evolution, now you guys are four wides. Yeah. You got JT back in the shotgun. It, it was the first time I saw you guys, it was weird for me. I'm like, this is a, I grew up watching modern day football yeah. be like smash yeah. mouth. Now, if you can, what kind of brought about maybe a, a change in offensive philosophy from going to just the smash mouth? you know, ground game, ground and pound, to now airing the ball out and letting JT throw it 40 times a game? Well, I think, you know, Dave Money, my offensive coordinator, is phenomenal. Dave's been with me since 1989. He's, he's been the consistent member. Eric left and did some head coaching stuff for about seven years. Then he came back. And Dave just studies it, and, and that's really all he does. And so it's kind of conceptually also... We want to utilize the talent, okay? We, we don't go in with a scheme and make the kids fit the scheme. We go in with what scheme fits the kids. So when you have a Matt Barkley in 2008, when he was a junior, 
we had six wide receivers. Five of them we we're going to feature, and we have one that could play every spot. But when you really study the statistics of modern-day football, it'll all balance out. It's 55%, and the 5% to 10% is from the recent years, especially from Leonard on, where the pass went above the run. Normally it was 50-50. <clears throat> What's different is more single back versus the two back. Okay? No, we don't feature the fullback as much as we used to. We don't feature the tight end as much as we used to. And again, sometimes that's personnel. Now this year, I've got a couple of good tight ends. So we flip it back over. So, you know, you do what you It's what's in the stadium. I like that. I like it. Yeah. You kind of mentioned Matt Lonnie. You mentioned Matt Barkley. I want to ask you if you can. You don't have to name a favorite if you don't, unless you want to. But compare JT, who will be a four-year yeah. starter, unless someone beats him out next year, which I don't see that happening. <laughs> uh, Matt Barkley was a four-year guy. If you can't, same stage in their development and then long-term potential. Compare those two guys for me. Uh, who's better right now after their sophomore year and long-term-wise? How do you compare those two guys in terms of 10-year-down-the-line type of, type of guys? You know what? Here's the, the first thing I always answer this question. <clears throat> Whether you want to go back to Billy Blanton, Danny O'Neill, We've had a ton of quarterbacks. We have a pedigree of quarterbacks. Kids are attracted to the coaching of Dave Money. They're attracted to the fact that these guys will open it up if the talent's there. But a lot of quarterbacks have left modern day. Now, they could throw it. We're in, we're in uh, Huntington Beach, and they could throw it to Garden Grove, okay? <laughs> but they don't study the game. It, it, and it doesn't make them bad kids, Okay. But they want to do other things. Now, what's the separator? Name any one of the top ones. And all but one of our quarterbacks has been a D1 guy. The separator is they go to lunch. Starting in January, you have to give three-year lunch periods. In January, three-year lunch periods to miss with money. February, it's four. March, it's five. You don't have lunch. You are watching video, studying the concepts. A lot of kids aren't committed to that. They'd rather go out and have lunch with their buddies. And again, it doesn't make them a bad kid because their mindset is, well, I just got to go out and throw it 200 miles an hour or 70 yards. But that's not what it's about. So when you get the greatness, and that's what we've always done. We saw JT thrive in the classroom as a sixth grader. He was fascinated by the X and O's. He was fascinated by coverage. The similarities of him and Barkley and Leinart, because those would be your most recent ones, is the exact same. They would look and say, okay, well, what if we did this? Okay, well, how how would they defend this? And now you got money, okay, Dave Money, who that's what he loves. He loves to just dialogue, dialogue. That's the difference, okay? So when you ask me, okay, I'll, I'll point blank, okay, JT... Barkley had the one year with the great receivers. And I don't want to slight anybody that played in his senior year or his sophomore year. But JT Daniels, Matt Barkley, Matt Leiner, okay, they will tell you, it's the talent around you. The great ones can make average kids look good. But the great ones, if they have above average to great ones, you got something special. We've got five of them this year. And with a sixth one that's a young kid that's going to develop, they're going to compliment JT. And then think about it. If you're, you know, it's like I walk into the garage and there's my race car. It's all set up. Okay. I got the best of everything. 
I got the offensive line. I got the pit crew. Let's go race. You know what I mean? Coach, I could talk to you forever, but I know you got to leave soon, but not yet. Not yep. yet, because I got I to gotta ask about the De La, Salle, De La Salle rivalry. I was one of those SoCal homers who said, oh, De La Salle, they don't play, any, they don't play anybody. Yeah. When they come play in modern day, we'll see, we'll see about them in that first year. DJ Williams was a man among boys. I'm sure yeah. you remember that game. But if you can, you guys played them three times. Uh, what do you remember first? Uh, about the data solid rivalry. What did you know about them before you played them? And how, much, how, much the respect, how much respect did you gain after you guys played them? Probably in about 94, I started hearing about data solid. But again, where I'm different, I guess, I don't know. I don't pay attention to anything except modern day football. Like, college scouts will come in, even today, what do you think of this kid? I'll go, Coach, I don't want to say it. I go, I studied him for a week. I'm not even sure what he plays. Well, Bruce, he's one of the top players in the nation. I go, okay, well, I'll worry about that next year when we're getting ready to play. But I'd started to hear about this win streak and this powerhouse in Northern California, but it was kind of back here. Then I was approached in 98 about a matchup. I have to tell you right now up front, Bob Latticer is a good friend of mine. He is an awesome person, and he's an awesome football coach. Bob Latticer, though, could care less about high school football. Bob Latticer, I sat at dinner, just him and I going one-on-one. -on -one. He would rather be at a high school retreat talking about drugs, alcohol, and the Lord than coaching a high school game. Amen, amen. That, that's a powerful, powerful person. I can't stand here and tell you that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, But yeah. yet, you go to that 98 game, we took the momentum, we're rolling. And we are loaded, and so are they. We got them backed up third and 24. We're on the 12-yard line. They're backed up third and 24. We're thinking, all right, they punt. We're on the short field. We put another one on the board. We just ended the streak. It's a great win for modern day. I remember that play. Draw to Atari Callen. Yeah. Up the middle. It, it was a trap Kevin draw. Mitchell, I thought yeah. I had it. I thought yeah. Kevin Mitchell, he never missed the tackle. Yep. And we, and this is high school football. And I love these two boys. I'm not going to tell you who they are because they know who they are. They stunted the wrong way. High school ah, around. Yeah. Shit's flying. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they stunt the wrong way. Yeah. They open it. Poor Mitch is coming down. And bang, there goes the trap. Yeah, flashed. And I remember, I looked over at him. And I, Bob and I said, wow, what a great call. I couldn't even be mad. Yeah. I actually was jealous because I don't even know if I would have had the courage to call a draw. Okay. And secondly, what ex perfect execution. So, you know, we, we went down and, and that was one of the better ones of the series. The, the, the other one was uh, with Liner. And it is a true story. We're down 21 nothing, and... and I just went over to Lanner and said, Matt, there's only one way out of this thing. We're just going to throw it every down. Just air it out. I don't care what happens. Just get it up in the air. Get it to somebody. You know, Matt threw for 469 yards that night. We came back. And, and it's high school. The kid misses the field goal. Okay, it is what it is. I felt horrible for him. That same kid, though, four weeks later, with no time on the clock in a league game, kicks a 48-yarder against Loyola to win, to it. win it. Absolutely. You know, and he was able to make that kick because of what happened sure. in the in Anaheim Stadium. But I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I sometimes think about it. I go, I couldn't beat him. I couldn't beat him. 0 for 4. Why did you stop playing them? <clears throat> the travel and and 
It, it was just, you know, yeah. it, we're starting to maybe talk about here in the waning hours of my career, maybe firing that thing back up again. Because we're at a point now, Greg, where we can't get games. Sure. You know, I mean, you, you look, I'm here I got I got to play Gorman. I got to play Bergen Catholic. So I started thinking, and, and I've been talking with those guys up there, and I'm going, well, it's a lot easier to go to San Francisco than New Jersey. So, but it wasn't, it wasn't ducking each other. Uh, it was just, you know, it, it, we just didn't do it. You know, but it, it was great when we were doing it. You mentioned waning, waning hours of your career. I, I don't want to. Don't want to hold you to that, but you still love what you're doing. Yes, and how I many do. more years do you think you got left in this thing? You know what? I don't put a number on it. Okay. And I'll be honest. Here, here's what I do, Greg. Okay. I say my prayers every night that I stay healthy. Because that's the whole key. If the body breaks down or something happens to the mind, well, then you got to make a decision. If the body will still hold up and the mind's still sharp, because I'm telling you, on the bus ride home from the Bosco championship game when we got beat, I was already thinking about this year. And I knew, you know, I'm excited for today. I'm excited for the upcoming season. So why put a number of years on it? Also, my wife points out some key things, okay? One, I don't want anything to do with fixing anything at the house because I can't. I don't read. I'd like to say I play golf, but she always tells me, well, your friends say you're horrible. So she goes, Bruce, I want you to think about something. I love you to death. But can you really watch ESPN or NFL Network all day? What will you do? That scares me because I've never done anything. My whole clock is wired to preparation for football, football season, preparation for football season. So... I'm just going to keep rolling, see what happens. Love it. I, yeah. I don't know what football would without would be without uh, you. Thank Doing you. The, thank the you back very pedal much. Before the game, the Braveheart, William Wallace, <laughs> yell. That gets me jacked up every time I thank see you. Keith. I've not made this interview. I apologize. You got to have something for for Coach Rollins. I could talk to you forever, Coach. Thanks, Greg. I want to I want to let you get something in. Yeah, no. You know what? I want to let you go, Coach. Yeah, I've got a game. We've been we've been on air for four weeks, and to have you on here is, is a quite a pleasure. Well, thank you, we Keith. appreciate I you appreciate joining it. us, and uh, good luck this year in modern day football. We know it's going to be a fantastic year with JT slinging that rock. We're going to have some fun, you know, and, and I appreciate you guys who do it for the kids. No hidden agendas. You don't talk about injury. You do all the right things, and that means a lot to me. That's one of the reasons why I stay in, because I know there are still ethically clean people out there who love the high school game, but most importantly, they stress academics. They stress faith when it's needed. They stress the right values of what we're trying to do as high school coaches. And I commend you guys. And I appreciate the time today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining us at the Transparent Truth. Again, legendary head coach of modern day football, Mr. Bruce Rollinson. Still working, still learning, still growing as the head man in charge. Appreciate your time. There you have it. Interview with head coach. Bruce Rollinson, Coach Rollo. Hey, man, let me tell you something. That was epic. We had such a great time talking with Bruce Rollinson, man. What a what a guy. So much wisdom, so much energy. He just really shared a lot of the moments that he really treasured. And, and we really appreciated him joining the Transparent Truth for the interview. We had a great time, me and Greg. And shout out to, to Bruce Rollinson, the whole modern-day family. Looking forward to seeing them matching up.
St. John Bosco this year. It looked like they were a collision course. Greg, what you think? No, I, I absolutely think we obviously motivated Coach Rawlinson, that Monarch staff. With obviously. Our obviously. Yeah. How else can you explain that you can go go beat a Bosco team that's loaded without JT Daniels, without Amon Ross, St. Brown? It had to be us. It had to have been some transparent truth knowledge. That Ain't we all no question. About. But you know what, Keith? I don't think that's going to be the last time that those two teams will match. Obviously, they're going to play at least once in league play, Trinity yep. League action. Yep. Love Centennial. They always need to be in that discussion because Matt Logan is one of the most brilliant coaches of all time. No doubt about but it. Right now, it sure seems like Bosco and Modern Day, at least next year, are just loaded at every single position. You can go down the list, and I'm just looking at some of these matchups. You got the O-line, D-line. You got the running back, linebacker. You got the DBs and wide receivers. It's like a, this, we all know it's about the trenches. Absolutely. Right? You just threw out a great stat to me off, off air. Throw that stat out to me, the, the rushing yards they got last year. So, yeah, you know, Modern Day gave up 405 rushing yards to St. John Bosco in the CIF final. Bosco averaged six and a half yards per carry. And this is, I want to shout out my guy, Mike Machete, who, uh, who shared this on Twitter. They gave up 400 yards of rushing and six and a half yards of carry. Five touchdowns on the ground to St. John Bosco. So both of these lines are loaded offensively. Yeah. But my one concern, if I have one, uh, modern day's D-line. Yeah. I know. We need some guys to, to definitely step up. I like modern day's linebackers. We got Solo, Tuya Pupu, got Mace Funum, got Jack Genova, who's an absolute leader. Absolutely. But looking at those Bosco offensive line, they got Maris Talibu's going to be coming back. He's an all-national recruit. He'll be a top 100 player in a couple years. 2019 kid. White Davis is gone, but they got four or five dudes. Yeah. They got Cole Sane. We got Kevin Koblitz. They got three running, not one, not two, but three. Three-headed monster. running backs. We got Demetrius Flowers, who's going to ASU. We got George Halani, who we just praised already early in the show. We got the Sand Beast. The Sand Beast. Nathaniel. Nathaniel Jones. Jones. Dude, seeing him yesterday, if someone said, hey, this is a sophomore in college, I would have believed it. Sure. How about the wide receiver DB matchup? We got those four or five modern-day receivers. Yeah. We know about Alman Ra. We got Nico. We got CJ. Yep. We got Big Brew. Yep. Michael Martinez. Yeah. Bosco Secondary. Bosco Secondary. We got Chris Steele. We got Lavelle. Yeah. We got Jaden. Stephen Blaylock. We got Blaylock. Blaylock. We got P3. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Lavelle Price. Lavelle? I said Lavelle. Yeah. I'm I love sorry. Lavelle. Yeah. We got P. I mean, there's so we much huge. There's, there's so there's, much heat. There's, there's Jacoby Harper. Yeah. He's a modern-day underrated running back. Absolutely. When modern-day beat Bosco the first game, it was because they started running the football. Yeah. And I love modern-day's offensive line. Chris Murray. Yeah. Tommy Brown. Dude, remember this name. Miles Moreau. Miles Moreau. going to be a sophomore next year. Everyone knows modern day had a loaded freshman offensive line last year. This guy is the best of the group. Miles Moreau. I'm making a prediction right now. By the time he's a senior, he's going to be a top 50 player overall. The wow. guy's an absolute stud. Wow. Bosco's got some dudes up front They're on their D-line. Man, they've got so many dudes. Sal Spina. Sal Spina. Guy, I've been praying for him as a freshman. Suave. Suave it's going to be a top 100 player next year. Cole Aubrey, transfer to Jay Sarah, led the Trinity League in sacks, playing off the edge. How about this? What, Naeem Rodman. Naeem Rodman. He plays like, angry. Hey, he's like Rodman. I like his, I like his a game. guy doing the dirty work, physical, aggressive, relentless after the quarterback. How about this? 2020 linebacker turned defensive lineman, Kobe Pepe. Man, I saw this guy as a freshman last year. He was an animal. 
He's put on 25 pounds, maintained his quickness. He's at 270. He's aggressive. He's quick. He's physical. He's fast. He's going to be a problem. Yeah. How about Raylan Goforth? Raylan He's Goforth. a problem. The transfer. He's a problem. Absolutely. Keydron. Keydron. Washington State commit. Excited those, about those him. two linebackers, if you wanted to play, I know last year Bosco played a real interesting defense against modern day where they basically played two, three men down front and dropped eight. Sure. And dared JT. Dared, dared modern day to run the football. Yeah. And they still tried to throw it into an eight-man cover scheme. Yep. It's pretty effective. Yeah. I'm curious what the schemes are going to be. Both those two teams have tremendous coaching staffs. I mean, Eric Johnson is a defensive coordinator whiz at modern day. We know about Dave Money. We've got Chad Johnson yep. over at Bosco. Yep. Football genius. Jason Negro, my guy. Yeah. Knows what he's doing. Ooh, Rollo. Uh, we already talked about Rollo. Come we on. know what we know what he's all come, about. Come on. Dude, can I, we, I can. How many times can we just have the best four out of seven series? I mean, listen. I love to see these two teams play it's, week one, week two. It's gonna be a slobber knocker. It's gonna be I'm so much fun. So excited to see, you know, that that uh that play out. So <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh but without further ado, we're going to bring this show to a close. Thank you for joining us here on the Transparent Truth Social Media Drops. You can follow me at Twitter, Coach Keith underscore NP. That stands for National Preps. My boy, Greg Biggins. Drop your Twitter. I'm at Greg Biggins. That's at Greg Biggins. Yeah. Keep little, it simple because I'm a very simple guy. It's a little difficult to remember. Follow us on Instagram, TransTruth714. Also on Twitter, our Twitter page, TransTruth92. Without further ado, we're going to sign off and sign out. This is your boy, Coach Keith, with my guy, Greg Biggins. Mama, there goes that man. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.